Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Imagine you're on a John Deere mower with a smooth ride, intuitive controls, and attachments for every season. You just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. great company if you have a side gig or small business or just want to earn additional income as a part or full-time entrepreneur. According to the Small Business Administration, there are more than 33 million small businesses in the United States, defined as having fewer than 500 employees. Interestingly, 81% or about 26 million of those small businesses are non-employer, meaning they don't have any paid employees. They're typically small, such as real estate agents, freelancers, and independent contractors. Whether you run a local mom-and-pop micro-business, want to become a real estate agent, or do freelance work on the side of your day job, there are many legitimate money-saving tax benefits you shouldn't miss. This show will review several of the best ways to reduce taxes when you have a little or a lot of business income. Hey, friends, welcome back to the Money Girl podcast. I really appreciate you downloading the show and spending some time with me. I'm Laura Adams, an award-winning author who's been bringing you personal finance and small business tips every week since 2008 with over 40 million downloads. I'm also a keynote speaker and work with select brands doing on-camera and writing work as a spokesperson and consumer advocate. So please reach out if you want to collaborate for a speaking event or PR campaign. As always, you can reach me using my contact page at lauradadams.com. That's also where you can learn more about my work, personal finance books, and money courses. You can also leave a message or a money question or a topic for a future show by calling 302-364-0308. I love hearing from you. So when it comes to Using a business, whether it's a part-time business or full-time, to save money, there are lots of ways and lots of benefits, but we're just going to review four essential tips for reducing taxes when you're self-employed. So the first one that I want you to consider is to claim the home office tax deduction if you're not already. So if you use part of a home, a home either that you rent or that you own, for business purposes, you probably qualify for the home office tax deduction, which is a very valuable tax break. Note that employees working from home remotely don't qualify for this benefit. So it's only available when you work for yourself, and it can be even if you work for yourself and you have an employer. So you can be working for yourself part-time or full-time. And if you do it from home, you'll likely qualify for this deduction. So keep listening. We'll talk about how to qualify for it. Uh, It's pretty simple. You have to have a specific part of your home or your rental property that you use consistently for business. It could be a guest room or a nook. 
It just has to be, you know, a set place that you're using for business. I have a guest room that I use for business. So that's my dedicated home office space. And your home must be the primary place where you conduct business. But it doesn't have to be the only place that you work. For instance, I sometimes go to coffee shops to work or I do my work out when I'm doing a speaking event. You know, my work doesn't always take place at home, but it certainly is the primary place where I'm doing writing, I'm doing administrative work, etc. So remember that, it, you know, even if you have, let's say, a sales type of position, maybe you're an independent rep, you're out and about, you know, as long as your main place where you're doing research and billing and that sort of thing is at home, that home office qualifies for the deduction. So the types of home office expenses that you can deduct for this this benefit really falls into two main categories. There are direct expenses and indirect expenses. The direct expenses are for your home office only, such as purchasing a desk or installing carpet in that space or room. Those direct expenses are 100% deductible. So let's say that in my home office, in my guest room, I decide to install new flooring or I decide to paint that room or install window treatments, those sorts of things. Anything that is just for that home office is a direct home office expense. That's, again, 100% deductible. Now, the other type is indirect. These are for your home office, but they also include a portion of your home's overall costs. That could be your rent mortgage interest, property taxes, insurance, maintenance, cleaning, utilities, garbage disposal. So that's the really valuable part of having a home office. I want to make sure you you got that. Claiming the home office deduction makes some of your everyday home-related expenses deductible, which is fantastic. So your indirect home office expenses are partially deductible based on the size of your office, but it does depend on how you calculate the deduction. And I'll review the approved methods in just a moment. Also note that expenses unrelated to your home office that you do for your home, like remodeling you know, a bathroom in another part of the home or installing a pool, if they don't affect your home office in, in some way, they're not deductible, okay? So the IRS allows you to choose one of the following home office calculation methods for any year. The first is called the standard home office deduction. This one requires you to determine the percentage of your home used for business, and that percentage gets applied to your indirect expenses. For example, let's say your office is 10% of your home based on the square footage that you that you measure. And let's say you have a $100 power bill for your entire home. 10% of that or $10 would be a deductible business expense and 90% would be a personal expense. Now, if your home office is large, you're probably going to come out ahead using this standard method. And you figure your total expenses using Form 8829 called Expenses for Business Use of Your Home, and you file it with Schedule C, which is Profit or Loss from Business, which gets filed annually. So, you know, in a nutshell, that's how you are going to calculate a standard home office deduction. 
But the IRS realizes that, you know, that may be a lot more calculating than you want to do. And they also created a simplified home office deduction method. So with the simplified method, it truly is simple. It gives you just a flat $5 per square foot of your office area, up to a maximum of 300 square feet. So when you do the math, that caps your deduction at $1,500 per year. It's a maximum of 300 square feet times $5 gives you that $1,500. So if you have a smaller home office or you just prefer not to do any record keeping, use the simplified method and then you're gonna include that information on Schedule C. And as always, if you're not sure which way is going to give you the highest deduction, I recommend doing both or asking your tax accountant to do both to make sure that you're getting the biggest deduction. Again, if you, you know, you change offices or something about your situation changes, you can alter the method that you use from year to year. Once you've used one method, you're not stuck with it. You can change. All right, the second way a business is going to save you money is by deducting your business expenses. There are many tax deductions you can claim, no matter the size of your business. The IRS says that an expense must be ordinary and necessary for your trade or business to be tax deductible. So there are a lot of them, but I'm going to go through some common business deductions for entrepreneurs and side gigs. They include professional fees. These could be going to an accountant or getting legal work done, equipment like computers, printers, and phones, web services like subscriptions and software, office supplies like postage, paper, filing cabinets, marketing and advertising costs, business insurance, continuing education, travel costs, and a portion of meals. And I'll talk more about the travel in a moment. Rent for the use of property, office space, or equipment. Interest on funds borrowed for real estate and business operations. However, there are limitations when you have a high annual revenue. Labor that you pay to independent contractors. And note that when payments exceed $600 a year, you have to issue them a Form 1099 miscellaneous. Employee salaries and benefits if you have employees, but note that that doesn't apply when you employ yourself. And taxes paid to federal, state, local, and foreign authorities. Note that if you have personal and business costs, let's say you go on a vacation and you combine that with an industry conference, you can deduct the portion used for business. I do this a lot. Maybe I am flown somewhere to give um, a presentation or a keynote, and I want to extend that on the front end or the back end for a vacation. So the time that I'm actually working, maybe let's say that's you know 10% or 20% of the trip, I get to apply that percentage to the costs like, you know, my flight and uh, hotel, that sort of thing. Applying that percentage gives me the dollar amount for a business deduction. And you can learn a lot more about business deductions in the IRS publication 535 called Business Expenses. Again, there are a lot more deductions that may apply to your situation, to your business. I've just outlined a few here that, you know, I think are the most common. And I'll have a link to all the IRS forms that I mentioned in this podcast in the show notes. 
Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. All right, the third way that having business income saves you money is by claiming business vehicle use. So if you're self-employed and you own or lease a personal vehicle that you also drive for business, you can deduct expenses based on mileage. So that means you've got to keep very detailed records to allocate business versus personal miles driven. Now, if your vehicle is used exclusively for business, you can deduct all of the costs for that vehicle. But I think it's probably more common for small business owners to use their vehicle for both. Now, the IRS allows you to choose one of the following vehicle deduction calculation methods. The first is called actual expenses. This requires you to track all of your expenses, like everything, gas, tires, maintenance, insurance, lease payments, loan interest, depreciation, registration fees, taxes, parking, tolls, etc. And you can deduct a portion of the expenses based on your business use percentage. And generally, the more expensive your vehicle is to operate, the higher your deduction will be using the actual cost method. The other way is a much more simplified method called the standard mileage rate. This requires you to use a set mileage cost per mile, which typically changes yearly. It gets adjusted for inflation. For 2023, the rate for business use is 65.5 cents per mile. For instance, if you drove 1,000 miles annually for business purposes in 2023, your vehicle deduction would be $655. So that's 1,000 miles times the 65.5 cents you are probably going to come out ahead if you've got, you know, a less expensive vehicle using the standard mileage deduction. But again, just like with the home office deduction, it might benefit you to calculate this both ways or ask your accountant to calculate it both ways to make sure you're getting the largest deduction. But that does mean a lot of tracking, at least initially, 
with the car and the pattern of driving that you have. You can track mileage with a paper log, but there are some really nice apps like Mile IQ that automatically record vehicle movement. So as long as you've got your phone with you, it will prompt you to allocate each trip you take as personal or business. So that can be, you know, a nice way to make sure you're really keeping up with those business versus personal miles. And if you want more information on vehicle deductions, check out IRS publication 463 called Travel, Entertainment, Gift, and Car Expenses. The fourth way your business can save you money is by making retirement plan contributions. Just like more familiar workplace plans that you've probably heard of, like a 401k or a 403b, retirement accounts for the self-employed give you or your employees, if you have them, some really nice money-saving tax benefits. That's why I'm always talking about retirement accounts on this show. I'm really advocating for them because they just, they're so powerful when it comes to allowing you to build a nest egg and cut your taxes simultaneously. There are two main types of retirement accounts you're probably familiar with. There are traditional and Roth. With traditional accounts, you're investing pre-tax money and you avoid taxes on the contributions and growth in the account until the funds are withdrawn in retirement. With Roth accounts, it's exactly the opposite. You're paying taxes up front, but you get to make tax-free withdrawals in retirement. You avoid tax on decades of account earnings, which could add up to massive savings. So I'm always recommending Roth accounts when you qualify for them. So remember that with most retirement plans, taking early withdrawals before age 59 and a half typically means paying income taxes plus an additional 10% penalty. So in general, it's important not to contribute money that you might need for everyday expenses. You do have some flexibility with Roth contributions because you're paying tax up front. You can get those contributions back. But I really prefer that when you put money in a retirement account, you just pretend that it's not even there. You know, pretend like taking that money out isn't even an option because that growth in the account is just so powerful and beneficial for your future. So here are a couple of popular retirement accounts that have very high contribution limits that you can use when you work for yourself. Again, if you've got part-time or full-time income as a business owner. One is called a SEP IRA or SEP. That stands for Simplified Employee Pension. This is a traditional plan for anyone self-employed with or without employees. Now, a Roth option actually is a new provision in the SECURE Act, but I'm finding that it probably is not going to roll out to most retirement plans until 2024 or even later because there's a good bit of changes that have to happen to software and programs to, you know, to set that up. I use a SEP because it's just so easy to administer. And to set up, all you have to do is file form 5305. You file that one time and then annually you really have nothing to do. So it's quite hassle-free It's very inexpensive. You don't have to have a a payroll deduction for those contributions. So, you know, it's quite easy to have. With a SEP IRA, contributions only come from the employer. So if you have employees, they cannot contribute their own money. You have to contribute uh, on their behalf as the employer. 
But as the business owner, you get to choose the amount to contribute each year. And, you know, it does have to be equal between you and the employees that you're, uh, you know, that are participating in the plan. It has to be an equal percentage of income. However, the contributions you make are deductible from your business's taxable income. For 2023, you can make SEP IRA contributions up to 25% of compensation or your net earnings for a maximum of $66,000. But if you have a bad year with little profit, you can choose not to make SEP IRA contributions for yourself or your employees. The other popular retirement account for the self-employed is a solo 401k. This is a traditional or Roth plan for anyone self-employed with no full-time employees other than a spouse. Now, if you have a large business with many employees, you can elect a regular 401k, but a solo 401k comes with, you know, much fewer administrative burdens. With a solo plan, you can contribute as both the employer and the employee in your business, and that allows you to contribute more than with other types of retirement plans. For 2023, on the solo 401k employee side, you can contribute as much as 100% of your salary up to 22500 or 30000 if you're over age 50. Remember that traditional pre-tax contributions reduce your personal income taxes for the year, but those Roth contributions, if you elect them, don't give you an upfront tax benefit, but they're still quite valuable if you're investing for the long term. Now, as an employer with a solo 401k, you can contribute as an employer, and that means you can put up to 25% of compensation into the plan if your total contributions don't exceed a limit of 66000 or if you're over age 50, 73500 So those employer-paid pre-tax contributions are tax-deductible for your business. However, if you elect a solo Roth 401k, your contributions don't reduce your personal or your business taxable income. So with the solo 401k, whether you're contributing as the employer or the employee depends on the tax benefits that you get. And you can set up a solo 401k with many financial institutions like banks and brokerage firms. First, you have to open an account and then you complete a plan adoption agreement where you get to choose different features of the plan that you want. And once your solo 401k assets exceed $250,000, you have to file a form called 5500EZ, have to file that annually. With a solo 401k, your contributions must come from payroll deductions. So, you know, that's another feature that you need to remember. You've got to set up payroll in order to fund the account. In my most recent book called Money Smart Solopreneur, a personal finance system for freelancers, entrepreneurs, and side hustlers, I cover a lot more about retirement plans for businesses. These, you know, that I've covered here are just, I think, the most popular, but there are more. I cover how to choose your business entity, more about paying taxes, building a self-employed benefits package, paying employees and contractors, cutting taxes, boosting productivity, and many other essential topics for business owners. So if you're thinking about earning business income or you already have a business that you want to grow, definitely check out that book. It's available as a paperback, ebook, or audiobook. 
And if you need help setting up a retirement plan or just maximizing your business's tax benefits in general, contact a qualified tax accountant. I've covered only a few of the top tax benefits for businesses here, but there are a lot more. So I can definitely say that paying for professional help as you start or grow a business will definitely pay off. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. Money Girl is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg with editing by Adam Cecil. Our advertising operations specialist is Morgan Christensen. Our digital operations specialist is Holly Hutchins. And our marketing and publicity associate is Davina Tomlin. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit, credit to the people. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. 